2: you hear that rooster in the background i love roosters there's roosters all over the place here in key west cocks roosters hens chickens uh it says don't feed them but everybody does so what are we doing here this
3: is the greg cody show with greg cody Pardon it. here's your host greg cody
0: Right, Cody seems like he's in rare form this morning. The pre-cup of coffee, like, kind of like delirious. Oh, oh, man. Have you had a cup of coffee yet? I was just scrambling for a cup of
2: coffee in the room. No, <laughs> no I haven't. And I'm delirious with uh, not having a, had a cup of coffee yet. I was oh, scrambling. You're... There's a K-cup thing in the room, but it, uh, we couldn't get it to work. So, <laughs> hey,
0: man, I just love the Your the mother visual. failed to order coffee to be delivered. I love the visual of you so, and mom struggling with a coffee maker in a hotel room. Welcome to the episode. Well, this... You know, we didn't have any creamer because we okay. use all the cr- creamer. Yeah. Yes. Yeti, how's this going so far? All right. This, okay. is, this is the start of the Greg Cody show. And Greg <laughs> Cody's on on site in the Keys. Hey, welcome, everybody. Greg, how's this going so far? Yeah, were,
2: there's roosters growing. Uh, it, it's going good, man. I'm, it, the weather's been great. We're, we've had a ball. Um, we we leave tomorrow. We're at the, the beautiful
0: Ocean Key Resort, which we really enjoy. I think that's what it's called. I love how your energy, your energy somehow is worse than it was before the show. You like had <laughs> like your energy before the show when we were trying to figure out your mic situation was fine, and then we started right. the show, and you like I like reminded you that you hadn't had coffee, and you instantly were like, Yes, that's true. <laughs> So, Dad, how, what are you doing in the Keys? We yeah. have an exciting... Yeah. I know. I'm sorry about that. You're right. <laughs> As you can see, we have a good audio connection and a good internet connection with Greg Cody. So, our timing this episode is just going to be perfect. But um, we have an exciting episode today. <laughs> Kate Fagan is with us. Greg Cody's in the Keys. Yeah. So, we got a lot yeah. to get to. Um, so, what are you doing in the Keys? How, like, how crazy was night one in Key West?
2: Um yeah we've been here two nights now. Uh oh. it, it was great last night we uh went on a uh sunset cruise. We um Baby. took in a drag show. We're big fans of we're big fans of drag shows and uh we're we're seeing all we can before uh the Ron DeSantis' dystopian state of Florida bans them. Oh, Jesus. So uh for now they're still legal so we're <laughs> not to get political. But um Careful Greg, you'll have to register. You'll have to register to be able to talk like that. I'm <laughs> um, and, and to see a drag show, apparently, uh, in the state of Florida. But, uh, no, that was great. And, uh, you know, doing a little bit of drinking, a uh, fair amount of drinking, uh, good eating. Uh, went to the uh, Blue Heaven yesterday and, uh, you know, had a couple of BMs, uh, a couple of Bloody Marys, and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And it was, uh, it's been a nice show. We love Key West, we do, but, <clears throat> you know. Dad, you do I, that? I do want to say one thing though okay go ahead sunsets are overrated okay now i know that's wow that's not going to be popular with a lot of no. people uh women love sunsets not to be sexist but
0: that's so not true uh, Women I... love sunsets your mother loves sunsets but i i believe that uh... i love sunsets like don't like don't put that on women like that's like i don't think that that's a sunrises overrated sunsets Properly rated. No, they're both overrated. Greg was, when's the last time Greg Cody was up for a sunrise? Oh, I don't do that. <laughs> I just assume they're going to, the, the
2: sun will rise and, and it does every time. You know, it's a, it'll rise again tomorrow. Uh, that doesn't, Well, it's been a fun ride. It looks beautiful. It's been a fun ride. It, uh, <laughs> I love it, this if, delay. If you don't get a cloud cover, the sunset's going to be beautiful.
0: But it's going to be beautiful again tomorrow. By the way, I'm getting an internet warning. Yeah, I can't decide yet, Yeti, whether I want you to tighten this up or, like, just leave this really <laughs> awkward, like, pauses and talking over each other because it's kind of cute and endearing.
3: That would be the <laughs> hardest thing for me to do, to not tighten it up. Is it? Right. <laughs> All right. So tighten it up. But just, out, <laughs> yeah, like, just, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, hilarious. We're doing the
2: best we
0: can. Now you're, I've lost you. Christmas is gone.
2: Yeti's for... Christopher's gone, Yeti's frozen. I'm the only one alive here in uh, in Zoom. Oh my Zoomland.
0: Yeah. Okay, maybe it's just so, you what's and going on yeti here. you want to do that? You, should we just pretend we're frozen yeti
2: Yeti's frozen. All right this, come on, you guys are gaslighting <laughs> me now
3: <laughs> Okay, come on guys
2: uh. come on we we're, we're we're uh we got a podcast listeners here, both of them. I, and, I think uh, they're entertain. Entertain them.
0: The idea of uh, us, Christopher. Oh my God! Dad. Like <laughs> your internet's this bad because, like, so, we were doing a bit, but now. You... <laughs> oh God! My, you hear that rooster in the background? I love
2: roosters. <laughs> There's roosters all over the place here in Key West. Cocks, roosters, hens, <laughs> chickens. Let's just let them go. Uh, it says don't feed them, but everybody does. So. What are we doing here? I'm looking. People need to realize I'm I'm in a Zoom with Yeti and Christopher. Both of them are like acting like they're frozen, no and more. it's it's really a juvenile uh, situation here.
0: For the podcast, juveniles here. We tried it on. for like five but, um, seconds to act frozen, and the rest we've just been here waiting for him. He can't see us. Dad, can you see us? I can see you both but you're both frozen you're both right.
2: acting like you're now, now i see okay uh, okay dad right. we
0: we what we did was like a five second bit where we, where we acted yeah. frozen and the rest we weren't frozen and you were just rambling i honestly was it's yeah. the best part of the episode so far so maybe i like it best when we are frozen and you're just rambling about yeah. key west and roosters Well, that's fine. Uh, The the roosters are a a
2: great part of Key West culture, and and, and we love them. Uh, I own a rooster, as you know, made of sheet metal or whatever they make those things out of. Is it sheet metal? Is it wrought iron? I don't know what they are, but they're metal, some form of a metal rooster. I'm going to buy another one, carry it under my arm, bring it home.
3: It's almost that that rooster's third birthday.
0: Dad, we should do more episodes where you're not. I think it would be, yeah. We should do more episodes when you're not in your office. I like the background, yeah, the background yeah, no, I, mean, I do even, I do enjoy that. We can't um, even see the background at the moment. It's like a weird lighting. Dad, can you just get up and walk away out of the shot? actually, there you go. Really? like just move yourself from the, the shot from a second, like lean out of the the shot of the camera. okay, he doesn't even know how to do that. Okay. Oh yeah, there it is. that blue sky.
3: It's gorgeous down there today, Greg. Uh,
0: blue eyes- what's that all right this is an all-timer so far for us so we need to gather ourselves here let's get to the part of this episode that we can be proud of let's get to kate fagan just right now because like i was gonna like i was gonna talk more but like no there's a lot to say this has been a disaster so far there's a lot to say man greg cody on site i think it's been great
2: but right this second, Christopher, I don't even know if you know it. You're frozen right now. Dad, I know.
0: You're, okay, I, I need you to read like, the room, Dad. You're not Dad. moving right now. Neither Dad, is I need, Yeti. I need you to read the room. And so I don't know whether Dad, you guys are both kidding. Ca- Dad, Dad, your internet connection is terrible right now. This is yeah. all your issue here. Like, Yeti and I are seeing each other fully. Yeah. what? What? Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay, good. I didn't know that. Okay. Who are you talking to? Well, re- cool, yeah, because I am getting notices that says uh, my internet is unstable.
3: Oh my gosh, how delayed is this? <laughs> no,
0: I'm telling you, I'm talking to YouTube. Dad, this is the I'm longest talking to of- YouTube.: Dad, oh honestly, goodness. I think we might need to just let you go, and Yeti and I can do the last 10 minutes, because like it is such a long delay, you're responding to things 15 seconds after I say them. One. That's fine. Two, <laughs> three, four, five. Six.
3: Oh wow. Seven. Eight. I didn't realize no, no. that. I it's do just, have a 3
2: thanks, Jack. Greg,
3: when I <laughs> say raise your hands, raise your hands. Ready? Raise your hands. Yeah. One, two, three. Yes. Four, five, six,
0: seven. <laughs> seven six, seconds. Six to seven seconds. There's a six-second delay, and now he's frozen <laughs> with his hand raised, like he's like he's praying <laughs> to the skies. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Dad, this is
2: no wonder we're stuck all over each other. I don't know what to do.
0: I can leave. All right, let's get to Kate Fagan right now, because she needs to save us. All
3: right. Hey Kate. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Hello. She's still connecting, Greg. Okay. That's that's a Greg Cody
0: staple of saying hello (laughs) to the guests before they've connected audio. It's just Hey. What's up, Kate? Hey Kate.
2: What's
0: up, y'all? Kate, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it.
1: I mean, do you th- don't you think it's kind of crazy that uh, we, you had to book this through my book publicity team That's and not time. Slack or That's something?
2: <laughs> I follow the rules. You know, I follow the rules. I'm a rules follower. Adam t- gets me on your behalf. I, I get back with him. I'm going, you know, it's, it's like the middleman here. I'd rather not deal with the middleman, but I'm a rule follower. Anything to get
0: you on the podcast.
1: In the future, you can text me directly anytime you want.
0: I like it. We've gotten this before with our friends because it's like we don't like to bother people. So we end up getting them when their PR people reach out to us. So it's like it's always a little (laughs) awkward. It's like we just don't like to bother people.
1: Oh, bother away. Before we get into your book,
0: I want to bring up something with you and I from a few months back. I went to Charleston and I had texted you or messaged you for recommendations and I want to know about where's the line on, because me and you are coworkers. workers We've had some interactions, but we're not close. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. where's the line on when you can ask somebody for recommendations? Because I feel like I had to be at least close to the line. Like, were you a little like, wow, this is odd that he's asking this, me this? No, no,
1: no. <laughs> how i know that you are well past the line is i thought that that question was going to be whether you invited me to meet you for a drink.
0: Oh, uh. but instead, but you were out of town, remember? Cuz i think we were going to do that.
1: I was out of town. Yeah. So the, you are well past the line of okay. asking for recommendations. You okay. were you were i thought i was like if if i were in town i would try to meet up with you because we don't know each other well and i would like to remedy that, especially yes. if you're in Charleston.
0: That's why I think you like threw that out there right away. Like, damn, I'm gone that weekend. So that was kind of off the table. But, that's, like, right, yes, that's right. I think I think we are there. I was definitely going to be like, hey, if you're around, like I'm down for a drink. Why? What, what are you guys making faces for over here?
1: Yeah. yeah. What are you trying to get in on?
3: Who at Metal would be beneath that line? Who at Metal Lark is beneath that <laughs>
1: line? <laughs> all of the people who work for Metal Lark who I don't know work for Metal Lark, So <laughs> <Right>. I couldn't <laughs> which, which invite them. Which has expanded them.
3: quite a bit lately. <laughs> yes. yes. So Gosh, half a dozen that, people? With Jeremy yeah. Taché.
2: <laughs> oh no, we're not playing this game All right, so 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 would you have met uh met Christopher for drinks if he had asked you or would that have been weird? Just said
1: Oh that, I w-
0: Yeah.
1: I would have, but but you but Greg, have, okay. especially because I knew that we would have been going to a place I recommended. So it was yes. like the added bonus of like I knew it was gonna be a good bar, I knew it was gonna be a good drink. <laughs> if Chris was like, I'm at this shitty bar yeah. in this area, I would have been like When you get to the cocktail bar, you let me know. Yes. And I believe you
0: got me a reservation at Fig, if I'm not mistaken. So thank you for that, by the way.
1: You're you're welcome. I think (laughs) I tried to help as much as I could because it's a small town, Charleston. So, you know, if you like food, you can get connected down here.
0: I was just about to say the food there was, whew.
1: Oh, it's a good place for food.
2: Um, Kate. We're we're speaking with Kate Fagan, who's a, a wonderful writer, a, a great personality on Meadowlark now. And uh, the, the new book is called Hoop Muses, and we're going to get into that uh, very quickly. But first, Kate, I wanted to ask you, it's Lou Gehrig Day committee you're on. Uh, you and Tom Haberstroh are very into the I am ALS.org and, and that whole thing and And that's all starting up again. This is very dear to your heart and that uh, whole
0: thing <laughs> <We're> <laughs> really yeah, really I mean, it's
2: it's it's coming up again. the the fundraising and all that. and And tell us what we need to know about that and and how to contribute and and all that stuff
1: well, if right now, the best way to contribute is i am a l s. and and the guys who are connected to your show, they just put out another round of the Lou Gehrig hats with the four on it for for Lou Gehrig. And so, there's a whole now backlog. I'm, I'm sorry. There's a whole back supply of those now. So that's an easy way to just donate to the cause and also have a, a cool hat to wear. But I know they're doing a lot of work behind the scenes. I haven't been as plugged in because I've been doing the book promotion. But in in anticipation of the upcoming new Lou Gehrig's Day, I am, however, next summer launching a three on three tournament in honor of my dad. So I don't know if maybe we get a lebatard team.
0: Wow, you know,
1: I mean, I don't know. That could be fun too. Half court so, okay. games.
0: That's half court games, right? Oh yeah, half <laughs> half court we can do games. that. Come on,
1: come on. Yeah. How about? Uh, In I, fact, I, I... this ties to the history of women's basketball when they could only play half court games.
3: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and speaking of the hats, you can actually pre-order them right now by going to lg4.co. That's lg4.co all proceeds go to imals.org, which uh, supports ALS research. So once again, that's lg4.co. Wow.
1: There you go. Thank you for that. That That is very helpful.
2: Okay. Uh, Kate, now I, I want to ask you about this uh, book in, in the context of your others, because this is your fourth book. And, and the other three, uh, What Made Maddie Run, All the Colors Came Out, uh, The Reappearing Act, those I think were heavy lifts emotionally, right? Those were all very personal in different ways. Uh, This just seems, uh, the the very visual of it, just looking at it and and reading it, it it seemed like this was sort of more fun to do or or a lot different?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this whole book is just about joy and vibrancy and color and fun. And it's unlike any other project I've worked on. Obviously, the other books you mentioned, I don't know, I don't consider myself a very like, sad or a particularly serious person, even though I can see why that would be the take, but that's not really me. And this book is probably a better representation. Like there's so many ideas in the book or stories that we feel like are connected to history in the way we often talk about men's sports, sports being connected to history. But more than anything, it was just a vibrant, joyful, fun, like You're just supposed to like fall in love with this history in a way that you couldn't if we didn't bring artwork to it and comic book art and movie posters. We just, we tried to do a lot of things where it's like, you know, if I said I wrote a book about women's basketball history, like I'm not selling very many copies of that. But if it's artwork and it's a coffee table book and and it's supposed, you're not supposed to read it cover to cover. You're just supposed to like have it because it's stylish and cool. That's a whole different ballgame.
2: And, and and it's also um I know Yeti has a bunch of stuff to ask you, but it, it it's also um it interests me because it it integrates the the history of basketball with the importance women have played in the history of basketball you know for for people who think that women's basketball quote unquote just started with the WNBA or something i mean this is this is a lesson this is a history lesson
1: yeah and that was really cool for me because i didn't i didn't pitch this book and try to find a publisher because i thought i'm the authority on women's basketball history i thought i kind of knew it because like i could probably go a couple decades farther back than the WNBA right i c- i could name Cheryl Miller so I could name Nancy Lieberman Klein. So I thought, I know, I know women's basketball history, but there was a lot that happened between 1891 and 1980 when Cheryl Miller starts playing for the University of Southern California. And Greg, it was so, like these stories, I know it seems like it's analogous to say that the history of women's basketball is actually kind of spicy and cool, but it is. I mean, you're talking about like barnstorming clubs in the 1930s and 40s, who are like traveling the country and they had to dye their hair red to be a part of like the gimmick that was these teams. And they're very reflective of those times in history. Like we think of the Harlem Globetrotters, their origin in those decades. Well, there are these women's teams whose origins are in those decades. And so it was a really cool look at it obviously the moments when society called a timeout on women's sports and sidelined them for decades, but otherwise you could find these amazing stories that were really rich and vibrant. That sounded like scripted series that you would see on HBO.
3: You know, I I saw a, um, a thread you, you sent out yesterday regarding the mythology. And I think Greg kind of hinted at the lack of mythology that you referenced in his question when he's like, a lot of people think it all started with the WNBA. And so, Kind of for our listeners who maybe not didn't yeah. catch that thread, can you talk about how the mythology is so important to growing the game?
1: Yeah, it, it's not something I'd thought a lot about before working on this book. But the second you start to realize that there actually is a lineage in, in women's basketball, then you start to think about all of the stories that have been lost to history. And then you start to think about the stories that were never lost and the teams that were never lost in men's history that really connect us with sports, whether it's Babe Ruth or Shoeless Joe Jackson, or just the years that the Yankees have been allowed to be in existence. And we often just think, oh, well, the Yankees are where they are just because they're the Yankees. Well, it's history has done work for them. Just being around that long connects you to generations of families. And the work that that does in sports, I think is so it's unseen. That I, that you like a, a quick the thing that I said on mythology on that thread on mythology is like here's a quick exercise you can do I can connect James Naismith to LeBron James in four people right you can go James Naismith to Fog Allen and then Fog Allen coaches Dean Smith then Dean Smith coaches Michael Jordan and now what do we talk about but Michael Jordan and LeBron James round and round in circles and like that that does a lot of work about like nostalgia and history and that. Is not afforded in women's sports. Not that it doesn't exist. We just have never heard about it, or it was interrupted at some point or another.
3: Well, if you look at use baseball as uh, as uh, an analogy, remember how there are so many people that contribute a falling off in baseball interest with a strike that happened in the nineties. There was a work stoppage, and a lot of the popularity, allegedly, you know, according to what I hear, fell off when when that work stoppage happened. So look at all the interruptions that you cover in your book and how can you build upon that? And then look, look at how much joy the Levitard show and all of us fans get off of just simply naming off mid range players in baseball from the eighties and nineties, you know, entire
1: segments, entire hours of show
3: too much. Probably. (laughs) I know (laughs) way too much. So, uh, but regarding that mythology, I want to, I just want to off the looking glass. Yes. I listen to every episode. And you sowed a lot of seeds for this book in off the looking glass. And mm-hmm, I picked mm-hmm. up when I read your thread about m- mythology, I was like, I'm p- she's doing it. Yes. You really are accomplishing that because there are stories you reference. In the book that you had covered in in Off the Looking Glass. And I was like, I'm actually I'm invested in this story because I've already heard it before. Yes. So the more we tell it. And 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 that's cool. Now I have one more question before we go to Greg.
1: Wait, have you have have you asked the question yet? Yeah,
3: this is Yeti's <laughs> thing. He just goes. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay,
1: yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's so pontificating. You've made you've made a lot of great points though, by the way. That point about a strike and how people freak out. What if we miss a year? What's like, try being canceled for 60 years? Yeah. Try it.
3: <laughs> right. Right. But I, I, one of the more interesting things is I, uh, Isidore Channels and Aura Washington. Mm-hmm. How many like basketball and tennis prodigies did we miss out on because history just didn't catch them? Because that was amazing to me.
1: Yeah, and and uh, Yeti's referencing these barnstorming clubs in the 30s, 40s, 50s. Many of them came out of Black Chicago or Philadelphia, and a lot of their stars were actually tennis stars as well because tennis was at that time more societally acceptable and it was the, the main sport that women were not just allowed to play but often encouraged and there were these amazing two sport stars that completely buried by history and these teams completely buried by history but the like one of them called the coeds you look up the the advertisements they would send around to rural america and they're just like they're just artifacts of the past that are so clever and so interesting. Uh, but, but again, you can only find them in like one place. Like one historian decided that this mattered and saved them, but never stuff that we kind of built into what we think of as, as the history of the game.
0: Kate, I want to move on to current day basketball. Now, one of my favorite basketball players to watch right now is Caitlin Clark from Iowa. I want to know, if, if you're buying stock in any, maybe like young WNBA player or college player, who's going to be like the next, who's got next in like five to seven years is yeah. Caitlin Clark. Like who's better than Caitlin Clark right now?
1: I mean, the only person that we could say might be better is Paige Beckers, but we don't quite know. You know, I mean, we've seen the evolution of Caitlin Clark over the last three uh, seasons. Caitlin and like, Curry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and the Slim Reaper, right?
0: Well, like I know, but she just, she goes across half court with the let it's just like that's, oh yeah. she's she's yeah. a curry as far as I'm concerned.
1: Oh okay, uh, I don't. I mean, you know, it, position wise, there's nobody who's doing what Caitlin Clark is doing right now. I mean, I I'm obsessed with Aaliyah Boston at South Carolina just because, but she's down. You know, she's more of a post player, so they don't yeah. really compare. But quickly, Chris, I mean, you bring up Caitlin Clark. She plays at Iowa, so this kind of ties to hoop muses because the state of Iowa was one of the main states. So 1930, I know this is gonna sound like it's boring, but I promise you it's not. I like it. In 1930, (laughs) Iowa tries to cancel women's high school basketball.
2: Yeah, I was there. Yeah. (laughs) 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 It was at the
1: Presbyterian church, you remember. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. that
2: <laughs> Beautiful church. Beautiful, beautiful church. Keep beautiful. going though, Kate. Yeah, keep going.
1: <laughs> um, so they, they try to cancel these. Are, this is the governance of high school of Iowa. They want to cancel girls basketball. But at that time, places like small towns, same reason barnstorming was big. There weren't TVs yet the local high school games were as well attended on the girl's side as the boy's side. And these societal pressures were more so coming from like the East coast elites, right. Which we would now think would have been the ones that loved women's sports, but they didn't. But anyway, in this Presbyterian church, Greg remembers, they try to cancel Iowa girls basketball. There's one guy who stands up and he's like, I promise you gentlemen, if you cancel, he doesn't say cancel. I promise you, if you do this, You are on the wrong side of history. And when that train comes, it's going to run you over. And he goes off and he starts his own state tournaments in Iowa girls basketball. And those things are getting six, 7,000 fans at the end of every high school season. So Caitlin Clark exists in Iowa and that place explodes, that arena explodes like it does on one hand, because Caitlin Clark is like a generational player, but also because the pedigree of Iowa basketball goes back in time. There was uninterrupted. 1930 to today, they have loved their girls' basketball. So it's not surprising that they fill that arena. Although I would go watch Caitlin Clark play anytime, anywhere.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Hey, um, I want to get back to what happened last year that should have gotten even more attention than it did when Brittany Griner was um, imprisoned in Russia uh, as a political pawn. And the reason she was in Russia is that in the WNBA, even great players of her stature literally have to get second jobs in in the offseason and play overseas uh, to make enough money because the salaries in the WNBA, despite the NBA's assistance to a a limited degree, are are still ridiculously low. What is the solution there? What is the answer? Do we need corporate help? Is it a network thing? Why do WNBA players continue to be underpaid?
1: Well, you know what was really surprising to me in the opening days of the Brittany Griner story was that people didn't know women's basketball players were going overseas. I mean, it just was shocking because I was like, "Oh wow, nobody thinks about women's basketball players at all." Like this has been happening since the '80s. Right. I mean, they have gone. I have covered players who were in Istanbul during terrorist bombings. You know, so I was just surprised that people were blindsided that. Players were in Russia, but I do to your point. I think, um, so the WNBA is two years away from a new TV rights deal and their TV rights and their viewership is about on par with MLS. I don't know if you all have talked about this on the, on the main show, but about the same. And we know the deal that MLS just signed with Apple. Now, looking at my history, I don't think even if their metrics are the same, they'll get the same money. Knowing what I know, they're probably going to get a third of the money because that's just how it works. But even a third of that money is quadruple what they're currently making on their league rights. So a lot of that salary stuff, it's not like we don't need to go, you know, women's basketball players don't need to go begging to corporations or like the, the NBA to fix this for them. They will generate the wealth in the next couple of years that will then influx into the collective bargaining agreement. But even key, more key, is that whoever they sell those rights to they will demand that there is storytelling around their games because ESPN doesn't put a pregame show on or a postgame like there's there's no way to understand what's happening unless you seek it out. So I do think that that change of the league rights and the money they get then the next collective bargaining agreement you're going to see an amount of money where like if you wanted to still go overseas you could but you'd be making like you know double triple what you are now.
0: I don't mean to transition back into something very selfish, but I just got into Kate recently, like expensive shoes, dunks, and I know this is a specialty. Just recently? For you. I know. I know. I-, I-, I lived my whole life buying at Rack Room, buy one, mm-hmm. get one half off. And recently, I just like, you know, hanging around Tony and Juju, like it just I figured it out. And, and now I'm like too hooked, spending way too much money. So I'm, I want you to like give me advice here on how not to overspend. Do you like limit yourself like, you know, one per quarter or something like because yeah. my, my wife is yeah. not exactly thrilled with how much money I've spent in the recent months.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that you probably already have done this at this point, but you got to have your one pair of Jordan 1s. Yes. That are, I don't get something that is uh, too avant-garde, get like a a solid Jordan 1 that has history and will have legacy, right? Like, I even think the shattered backboard or something, like something where it's like, it's a statement, but it's not crazy, Mm -hmm. and then stop with it, right? You don't need every color pattern.
0: That's where I'm at now. I'm at stop right now. I ha- I went from like zero to like seven pairs in like three months. So yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, it's, I mean, I got like, you know, a shout out to Daily Miami. I got a little bit of a hookup, but it's okay, still good. not okay. a pretty city situ- situation.
1: Yeah. Like I, I got caught during my early days when I was a rookie like yourself, <laughs> thinking that every color pathway had to be mine mm-hmm. and every new release had to be mine. And then I realized that I was always going back to these like classic, pairs. So deem what is classic to you and then focus on those, whether okay. it's just like the Chicago pathway or the or like whatever it is. Yeah. Do that. Same with the dunks.
0: And I don't know names. And I don't know names yet. Like you're saying all these things and I'm nodding. Like I Tony's <laughs> yeah. always like, oh, I got the blah blah blahs. And I'm like, oh yeah, definitely know what that is. And I'm like Googling it under the yeah. table. But I'll get there eventually. I you know yeah. you gotta crawl before what helps you walk. Me,
1: yeah. What helps me is that I'm not obsessed with every year of the Jordan. Like I, I'm obsessed with the one. So like, I don't care if the Space Jam Jordan is a, yeah. like, I don't, I don't need to spend money on that. So yeah. that helps me. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're like, if you've got a lot of different years that you're into.
0: I have a couple fours, but yeah, okay. I, I like fours and one, yeah. but fours and okay. ones. That's basically, see that were yeah. just, just a couple J heads. Fours was- are too,
1: they're too chunky. They're too chunky. They are. You know? they are. Like they I, are. I got, if I'm wearing them with jeans, I need the silhouette to be a little slimmer.
2: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. You want that <laughs> slim silhouette with a sneaker. Uh, let me ask you something, because I grew up wearing Keds that I here bought at a Western Auto for $1.99 a <laughs> You've pair. You've heard
1: this, Chris. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, uh, um, I,
2: So I wonder, are you guys talking about a level of sneakerdom? Where you can't just go into a store and buy these off the rack. You, you know the in,
1: answer to this. You right. get in a you you get in a lottery, right? How does that work? But it's worse than that.
0: It's a lottery if you want to <laughs> pay a moderate price. Like if you don't, if you lose the lottery, you got to pay like on the second market, and it's always yes. it's always jacked up. So
1: yeah, so it's it's worse than you even think, Greg. It's worse. Yeah.
0: Okay, and and there's nothing obscene there's nothing obscene about this do you Dad winning the lottery gets you just like the base price of the shoe where if you in very few I've never won it so never I mean, yeah never okay. not
1: not for a pair of shoe I actually wanted right I, yeah. I I was always like but I didn't really want that one yeah
0: exactly makes sense
1: okay. yeah. is it obscene to me
2: yeah on some level
1: oh on a lot of levels I, I actually <laughs> haven't bought a new sneaker in a year oh because it's so obscene to me I mean i I, I think I bought my the final pair I bought you know, it was something like eleven hundred dollars and yeah. I was like, Whoa, no. what? I I yeah. can't
0: I, I haven't gone that high.
2: I've gone about half that. But that's yeah. Yes, yeah. whiz. whiz. So, you're in sneaker rehab, Kate? Is that right? <laughs> Sneehab.
1: I am, but Greg, I get, but don't forget, I still get my hits because I get the hit of it because I still wear these sneakers and people will, you know, people will be like, I've never seen those in real life. Yeah.
2: Right. You know, wow. so it's like they don't okay. know
1: that I'm in rehab, you uh, know?
2: <laughs> right. Wow. What a, what a whole new world for me. <laughs> I have no, although Juju, Juju Gotti did give me. What did he yeah. give me? Well, I don't even know what I got. A
0: pair of the, I uh, see, I wish I, I knew it was, the I name it of a, them. It was, a,
3: it was a, an all red pair of, I think it was Air Max 5s, I think. I really don't yeah. know. All That's red, the all red, pair. but it was, yeah. a, and yeah. my They're dad They're much too cool for me.
1: I saw them. I was there. It was during the 24 hours of freedom. That's yes. right.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. When I saved you from the pepper.
0: Yep. <laughs> yes you did uh, that's how, yeah. have you recovered Kate yet are you good
1: no no, no I still don't <laughs> eat I still don't eat spicy food the way I oh, used to oh no um, that's it's bad
0: That's stinks yes
1: I love spicy food now I'm like oh is that really spicy no don't it's a little PTSD there.
0: We're gonna get you out of here right now. What's the coolest dinner Kate Fagan's ever been at? I bet you. Uh, come on, name some names here. I feel like you've been at some cool superficial, not superficial, but like a dinner where you're just like, I gotta tell people I'm at this dinner right now.
1: Is it about who the people are or what the food is?
0: Yeah, like. Or I, I was thinking more like so like people you know and like. But you could you could go either. You could go good food too. Whatever you want.
1: Okay. I mean the 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 coolest dinner party I've ever been to was actually in Seattle when it was like. Sue Bird, Megan oh, Rapino, own, owners of WNBA franchises, which in my uh, world is a fun, dope party to be at.
0: That's awesome.
1: The best food situation I've ever been at is do you know the chef Kristen Kish?
0: I don't. I don't.
1: Uh, she was on Top Chef. Oh, okay. so we're not. Are, she was on Top Chef. Yeah. She has her own restaurant in Austin. She's got a new show coming out on Netflix. And for my 40th birthday, we went to Austin and she cooked dinner for me and my friends there, like brought the wow. food out. Nice. Ooh and oh my gosh. you know and all that. So and that was the coolest cuz it was like she put a lot of love into those dishes beyond just the traditional magic.
0: What was the best bite that night like of all the bites that? There, night?
1: There was a uh do you like mushrooms?
0: Yes. Yes. There
1: was there was a like a pasta like I don't know my pasta names but like a tagliatelle like a long pasta that's not spaghetti.
0: Mm. Mm. Now you're in my wheelhouse. I know pasta. <laughs> oh
1: okay. Okay.
0: That's it. You know. And me. it had been like oh. it
1: had been uh, you know, the mushrooms had kind of been sauteed in butter for a long time and then tossed with this pasta and then like not chives, but the garnet, maybe parsley on top. It was, it was delicious. Yes.
2: Wow. It sounds great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks y'all. Good positive feedback.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It does sound great. Um, Kate, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, The the new book is called Hoop Muses. And, uh, and I should mention that, uh, that uh, you, you wrote the book, but it was curated by Simone Augustus, who yep. an all-time WNBA great and illustrated yep. by Sophia Chang. So is it a coffee table book? That's a compliment, right?
1: That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's not like, it's not a kid's book that you read at night. Right. It's not a book I think you should sit down and read cover to cover. It's a book you should have out, have people flip through, read one essay in a couple minutes or a chapter in a couple minutes. Right. And that's it. It's just, it's supposed to be beautiful and fun.
2: Well, it's out now. Grab it. Read it. Enjoy it. Uh, wish you all the luck in the world with it. Seriously.
1: Thanks, Greg. This has been fun. Miss seeing you guys. This is yeah, nice. I know. Right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: really appreciate it. And next time, no offense to Adam, the PR guy, the middleman, but we're going to go directly to you. Direct to yes. the source. Direct yes. to the source next time. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Kate.
1: All right. Bye, y'all.
2: Thanks, Kate.
0: You know, Yeti. Thank God for Kate Fagan because the start of this episode is not something I'm proud of. We had to let Greg Cody go. We wanted to have fun with the, his terrible internet, but we were dealing with one of the wildest delays I've ever heard of. in I've like we've dealt with a lot of delays with the Lebetsard show, and I've never had a seven second delay. That was wild. That
3: was. I uh, he he wanted so badly to be able to show off the roosters to show off the view. Yeah. And all he showed off was just a a, a really bad internet connection. We
0: got about like a good 45 second chunk of him just meandering about roosters. But outside of
3: that, (laughs) he was useless there. So we're going to carry it the rest of the way. Um, It's the rare Greg Cody time where like something goes wrong and it's not him. Yeah.
0: Like he he was there. He was ready. And he was actually in a good state of mind to do a lot of just like meander. Like, you know what I mean? He was in a good groove of like his like monotone, just like saying funny things. But we couldn't hear him. Yeah. It was annoying. But honestly, dude. That Kate Fagan interview was awesome. Like, I can't wait to get that book so I can, like, show, like, it's it's a perfect coffee table book. I can't wait, like, to read passages of it to my daughter and stuff like that just so women's basketball and women's sports can kind of just be ingrained. So she grows up being like, oh, men's basketball, women's basketball. So it's just completely the same thing because that's really what we need, right, for there to be real progress.
3: Right. Yeah. So I, I listened to the whole thing in a day because um, I don't I don't read very well. Right. So I, I got the audiobook, plowed through it before we did the interview. And it was cool because it's, it's a really easy listen. And I, so I know it'd be an easy read because they're little yeah. vignettes like little muses, hence the name Hoop Muses. Back to the point that she made is that if we start telling these stories and adding these great plays and and great moments in women's basketball history and the heroes of women's basketball to folklore, just like we have. I mean, I I can still tell you the most shot the the basketball shot that I tried to recreate the most was Jordan versus the Cavs in the playoffs to get them to advance past. The, I thought you were uh, going to say Brian Russell, like the one where he kind of pushes off. <laughs> no, no, no. Even more that's, than I think that's the mo- I think that's the most iconic Jordan shot. I don't know, man. Him jumping at the foul line over ELO taking yeah. the shot. Um, at the buzzer to win like and then pumping his fist three times
0: yeah you're right i mean i think we're naming one and one it's like the debate of which yeah, one's the most iconic that, i
3: mean that's the one i would practice in my backyard all the time and so but it's because we it was instant mythology instant classic and so kate is trying to to institute the same thing, one point she's made for years on Off the Looking Glass is that she shared experiences, and she does this in the book, too, where when people give the spotlight, people flock to it. Yeah. You, if, if you hype something up and put stakes on it, people will, will come and support it. They'll watch it. They'll bet on it. They It can become a thing. And it's just. There's been so many interruptions in the women's game that it's been hard to do that.
0: Are there any videos of you attempting this Jordan shot in your backyard? Because I'd love to see that. Uh,
3: my my parents might have something, but I've been trying to get a video of my dad cussing at me um, because it was really funny for... 10 or 15 years since I found out that they found the video now and mom has never converted it over to me I think she's ashamed
0: dude actually that'd be a good idea for our social feeds like I mean I don't know there wasn't video around when Greg Cody was young but old home (laughs) videos of you and I
3: like would be like find the stone tablets where Greg's childhood stories were carved in I like that. That'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, I'm trying to get them, but all right. So we're taking this the rest of the way. We kick Greg Cody out of here. Let's talk about sheets and giggles. We had a great first week with sheets and giggles. We want everybody to go check out sheetsgigglescom Greg 20, 20%, 20% off everything. Um, this is what is this sleep week, Eddie? We're losing time. If like everybody's tired today, if you're listening to this on Monday, it, you're tired. We just pushed forward the clocks. Everyone lost an hour of sleep. It's national sleep week. And today, if you're listening on Monday, it is nap day, official nap day, world nap day. Oh, not just national, not just in the U S yeah. everywhere nap day. So go take a nap today, go to Sheetsgiggles.com slash Greg, use the code scoops for 20% off on all their stuff. Get yourself some sheets. Do that.
3: World sleep day is Friday, which is St. Patrick's day. And that feels like an odd day to have your world sleep day the day after. Sure. Right. But on St. Patty's day, I don't know. feels like a mistake.
0: It does feel like it should be the day after St. Patty's Day because everybody's getting hammered on St. Patty's Day.
3: Exactly, it's the same <laughs> argument as Super Bowl Saturday. Just- Actually, though, but there is
0: you—you um, you tend to day drink on St. Patty's Day, so you end up getting home and you go to sleep early. So maybe that's why you end up like sleeping the longest night of your year on St. Patty's Day because you started drinking so early that you're zonked out by like seven p.m.
3: Either way, wherever
0: and whenever you decide to sleep, do it on a set of sheets and giggles. So Yeti, we don't have my dad's three facts jack or dad jokes. Like how will this podcast survive on these benchmarks that we have just lived off of in recent months?
3: I was trying to see I was trying to figure out if I had three facts, but but I don't I don't know anything. I, I, but uh, all <laughs> I know is
0: that I have my daughter's first T-ball game in a little bit and I this is an emotional day for me, Yeti. Baseball's like my sport like I'm, I'm feeling a way today that i didn't feel for soccer like i love soccer and watching her play soccer was fun but i like saw her in her uniform last night and i was just like this brings me back like this is i'm so excited for to like just watch her like play a t-ball game today i know that sounds really corny no it's it's interesting no it's not at this level there's no even there's no, they don't get out like mm-hmm. in this first year of t-ball like they don't ever even if they get tagged they just go to first base they just stay like, on the base. <laughs> yeah like so it's just like everybody gets on everybody scores like i don't know how i feel about that because i remember even at my youngest t-ball if you hit it to the f- pitcher and he runs the first base and tags the base before you get there you're out look you're at out. this age i'm not i'm okay i'm okay with learning hey you have to go sit down like i don't know how i feel about the everybody's safe all the time here but hey we're gonna have fun
3: there's a lot of my drive that i have that i that i pour into my professional life um that came from being called a crybaby on the t-ball field and crying even more because i was called a crybaby
0: (laughs) right none of these kids are going to go home today with that drive because they're all going to be safe every time
3: (laughs) (laughs) i don't even mind that everybody gets a trophy but you need to be out if you're out you got to get to the base Right.
0: I mean, I think like you said, there's multiple years of T-ball. So like next year, I think that like the one level up, they do call them out. So okay, like this first year, I'm going to give it to them. But if next year, we need to start calling them out. And just and you know, for a fact, I'm keeping Graceland's batting average legit. Like if she gets out, (laughs) I don't care if she's on first. In my eyes, she's out and we're going to see what her batting average is at the end of the year for sure. (laughs) I'm gonna be keeping stats. My dad always <laughs> did it for me. Like that's something I'm already turning into Greg Cody. Like I will be keeping Graceland's stats this year for sure.
3: I can't wait for the day when you sit on top of the dugout. Oh, and announce her games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I probably won't be on top of the dugout, but I could see myself announcing her games. If, Is if that it, where if, he, if, he was on on top of your dugout? Right. That
0: was at Piper when I coached. In in my oh, high okay. school playing days, our school had like a little like building right behind home plate that like you could walk upstairs and like sit like a like a, a mini press box essentially for like that had room for two people it was like the coach's office but um so he sat up there when i played but when i coached at piper we put him on top of the dugout and we just put like this like square net just like blocking him from like the hitters so like he could get hit from like an errant throw from center field to third base that got like like we didn't have multiple nets blocking like if if a, if a throw came from the outfield towards third base and was an overthrow it he could have, have gotten hit in the head but it was God,
3: he was video. safe
0: <laughs> he was safe from the hitters
3: yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, good times good times um dang we really need greg
0: <laughs> yeah right this is like you know as i love talking to you but like when, when we don't have no one to laugh at this is just not as fun
3: if we had planned to know greg from the beginning we'd you know we'd, we'd have our own right. stuff our own time. i'm
0: in game mode for my daughter's t-ball it's 9 a.m yeti's up early I know you always wake up early, but on the weekends you like to. Oh, I, I love if. What time can you sleep till if if you don't have
3: anyone waking you? Oh, easy noon, no problem. Just back really? in the teenage years, yeah, no problem oh. at all. Because I mean, I I don't get to bed on time during the week. So, so you're so tired from the week.
0: Why? I'm like you. I stay up late most nights. So like there usually is late in the week one night where I just like it all catches. You don't have one that like usually Thursday nights, the week is caught up with me and I like zonk out early on Thursday nights. Well,
3: no, my wife, she works at night. So it's, you know, I get home from work, I'm getting dinner ready. I'm getting the dishes done. I'm making sure the kids do their homework. I'm getting them ready for bed. And you're
0: working all day. Look at you.
3: And if I'm lucky, they're in bed at nine 30. Yeah. And, th- and that's like, if I'm really lucky, then I got to get myself ready for bed. And then I'd like to see my wife for, you know, at least five minutes before i pass out and 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 you know usually more than that and uh hey uh, (laughs) yeah those are weekday meanderings are not much of a thing but but then yeah so i mean like it's i'm lucky if i'm asleep before you know like midnight is early for me and then i got to get up at five and um sometimes i'm able to sleep on the bus but it's rare that I'm able to nap on the bus. So, yeah, So yeah, I love, I can, I can, the kids are at the age where they don't like to bug us in the morning because that means they have to do chores if we wake <laughs> up. So yeah, they'll let us sleep. And yeah, if I don't have anything to wake up for, I can, I can go to noon on a Saturday. Nice. No problem. Nice. See, and, and sorry. It feels great. I love and it's,
0: it. It's in the nine o'clock hour right now. So we, we, we got you up early for this. So let's just see. you know, Hey, there's no rule on podcasts. Let's just end right now because I don't got nothing else to say. Kate Fagan saved us this episode. Thank you, Kate. My dad's in the keys, probably already with a Bloody Mary in his hand. You know how he was recording with us? He was probably, like, I bet you that he rolled that right off his shoulder. He's like, all right, all right I'm done. Good, good episode. Let's go, let's go, honey. Like, there's no part of him that's like, oh my God, did I screw this up? Are they all right? He is just like, he's like Ron Burgundy after saying, go bleep yourself, San Diego. His he's to- like, good show, everyone. <laughs> his toes are in the sand but uh go to sheetsgiggles.com slash greg use the code scoops for 20 percent off we want to just we love them on the way out here take a nap take a nap it's national it's sleep it's world sleep week world nap day all the good stuff um thank you for listening he's yeti blanc i'm gonna do this like a i don't know what i'm doing here he's yeti <laughs> bon- blanc. i'm chris cody we are so rattled this is the greg cody show with greg cody please come back next week we will be much better
3: I find it disconcerting that your dad referred to as Bloody Marys as a, having a couple of BMs. I know. That's like only someone like my dad thinks of
0: that as like most people are like bowel movements. For my dad, a BM, it's all through that prism. Bloody Marys.